Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Nick Bill Slake. It's all, uh, it's all gone a bit mad last few days. Um, I've had a load of really great positive messages and, and feedback um, regarding my contributions to the pod. Um from all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, Grinder, not Grinder. Um, I don't, it, I don't even know what um, Grinder is. So, um, so, so, would you believe that people have been sending me in questions, Nick? Um, so I thought, you know, why not? I'll, I'll read out the questions and and give my views on the, on the pod and and. Hopefully you, your audience will find out a bit more about me. Um, first question that was uh, sent in, it says, how much do you think Achtung Millwall's audience would grow if you were the co-host? <laughs> oh, I mean, that's flattering, but it's not for me to say. I, you know, I, yeah, humility would say that I can't possibly comment what what i would say is significantly the numbers would be incredible so why hasn't nick asked me you might ask uh, you might indeed ask um i i can only think that at nick's time of life um he really doesn't need the kind of exposure that 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 i would bring um if if i'm honest um another question um is Neil Fizzler as dislikable in real life as he is on the pod? That is just, that's just offensive. That's just not right. You, you, you all sit indoors. You just expect this pod to, to pop up, um, and and listen to it. You know the preparation that I know Neil puts into this, is 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 incredible. You know, and I've heard I've heard some of you say I've seen it posted, and I'm going to say it. Um, he keeps saying he's a journalist, a sports journalist, um, but he reports on rugby, so he's not really a proper sports journalist. I'm not having that. I'm, I'm not having it. Yes, he's an acquired taste, like the Met Police or Joe Brand. Um, but let me tell you, if you met Neil in real life, after a while you would f- find something about him that you'd like. So, you know, lay off with the heavy questions. Um, another one here. Mm. Does Harry really know anything about football? So here you go again. Um, having a go at my fellow contributors. Um, let me tell you something about Harry. Yeah, Harry's got a badge. He's got a football badge. A badge for football. So when we're all sitting here thinking, there goes Harry talking a load of absolute bollocks again. You need to remember... He's got an education in the game. He's studied the game. He's a student of the game. Yeah. So have a think about Harry and what you think of him. Think about his education. Don't be so quick to condemn. Um, What's this next question? 
are you pleased for Aaron Paul and his meteoric rise to national radio? <clears throat> it's a tough one, this one, really. Um, I was going to leave this one out, but I'm, ju I'm just going to say it. Who'd actually heard of Aaron Paul before Actel? I'm, I'm not saying that he cynically exploited Nick's platform to go on to what he thinks is bigger and better things. Um, but let me tell you this. I would not behave in the same way. If 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 Talksport, Five Live, or GB News um, came calling on Twitter at Forty One Henshaw Street, DMs open, I'd never forget where I came from. I'm I'm and we'll just leave that one there. Um, I've got a load more questions here, but I. I we just haven't got time to get through them all, mate. I just want, I just do want to say, I just want to you know, go back to the start. Um, the question about me um, co-hosting was tongue-in-cheek. So please don't go and pester Nick on Twitter at Acton, exclamation mark, Millwall, um, and ask him why he hasn't asked me to co-host, because it was just a joke uh, at Acton exclamation mark Millwall um, okay Nick thanks very much see you soon cheers you're listening to Acton Millwall broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin except no subject hello dear listeners welcome one and all all around the world welcome to the den this um Sunny afternoon, it's been a bit of everything today here in London. Bit of rain, bit of mild, bit of, bit of cold, bit of wet, everything, you name it. You come here, of course, for another huge fixture. They're all huge now. Just eight games left after today's home game against Huddersfield Town. Lions are unchanged, dear listeners, from that midweek win. Gary Rowett sticking with the familiar George Long in goal. Backline, Dutt Murray Wallace, Charlie Cresswell, named by uh, England under-21s, incidentally, congratulations to Charlie. Jake Cooper, Danny Mack across the back line. The defensive two, Ryan Leonard played very well, I thought, midweek. George Saddle, the attacking three, Andreas Vogel, Sam, a scorer of a goal in the, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Zian Fleming, George Hunneman up front, also another international. Tom Bradshaw, a Welsh international, of course. We're at the business end of the season, dear listeners. Every game is huge, coming here to last... Well, today's the nine games to go, eight after this. Huddersfield wearing a lurid shade of fuchsia, kind of a very bright pink, uh, pink and white. I imagine it's some kind of um, bet of some sort from them. Lions, of course, in their dark blue and white. Lions come into this last fixture before next week's international break with a four-point spread over seventh place Norwich City. Um, today's all about a win for me, the, the dear listeners. The performances haven't been terribly good of late, but we've been winning. More of the same for me, it doesn't really matter how we do it. We're just going to get those crucial three points this afternoon. I did a little bit of checking for you, listeners, because that's the way of my show. Um, just by way of contrast, the 2001-2 Lions, playoff team, of course, were also fifth uh, with eight to go. They didn't hit a, run a bad form, though, before actually making the playoffs. So we want a run of good form and then actually making the playoffs. But uh, as I've said, over and over and over, every game is now huge. 
goes Richard Corley. So aptly put, it's a great article, Richard, by the way, if you're listening, I'm sure you do. It's exciting, it's tantalizing, it's also gonna be just a little bit torturous. I think you make it right there, mate, absolutely right. Lions lining up to kick us off, attacking the away end in accordance with the venerable beach dictums from Jaron Monastery in 8th century, 9th century possibly, Anglo-Saxon England. Huddersfield will be attacking the cold blow in the first half. We're ready to go. Referee just holding his moment. For some reason. Maybe it's not bang on three o'clock or something, I don't know. Away we go. It's a lovely afternoon, cloudy. Well, it's kind of muggy. I'm warm. I've come dressed for the Antarctic listeners this afternoon. Zigzagging across London on the uh, closed sections of every line you can you can think. Of. I've made it in time in the end though, so panic over. This is Huddersfield pressing forwards, early doors. Inside the first minute. Managed of course by Neil Warnock. Apparently some kind of national treasure. I've never quite seen it personally. Huge pump forwards. That's over the head of the uh, defender there. Tom Bradshaw was through. Last man got it though, 32. Quite well defended in the event. The bounce of that uh, flight of that ball completely beat the first man. Almost a little breakthrough for Tom Bradshaw. Uh, Roman SA, I think, sits on the bench this afternoon. Named in the England under 18 squad. Good news for Roman. Congratulations go out to the man. Of all these internationals, Jules Savile also named in the Northern Irish squad. I, I took it upon myself to have a quick look at the uh, most capped players in a Millwall shirt. This is Jules Honeyman, though, before I do it. On the left, he's found Murray Wallace overlapping. There's Vogel Sammer puts it over the bar from the cutback there. Should have done better. Four minutes, first chance of the game. Vogel puts over the bar from a nice little cutback from on the left side by Murray Wallace. Yeah, so um, Millwall Internationals are doing it in reverse order in the style of mixed world, that politically incorrect competition that we used to watch as kids. Um, top five international caps in a Millwall shirt, listeners. I might let you ponder on that. I'll come back to you in a little bit. Huddersfield in 23rd position in the table, not having a terribly good season. A Premier League side, not so long ago, I seem to remember. But uh, times have taken a tumble there. This is a throw-in of a... I mean, what's going to be a Ryan Leonard long throw, listeners, on coming to six minutes? Not quite six minutes as he takes it. Left-sided long throw. In it comes. Near post towards Cresswell. It falls to Vogue. can't quite bring it under control. We do keep possession. It's gone all the way back to Danny Mack. McNamara now. Long diagonal ball. He finds... Cresswell, three on the, on the left like a winger. Well, can he find a shot? He can. It's on target. Batted away by the goalkeeper. Six minutes. Two attempts now for Millwall. We've made a good start here, listeners. Yeah, so anyway, the Millwall Internationals, most captain of Millwall shirt. Number five, famous Millwall name, legendary name. You'll love this name when you hear it, listeners. With 17 caps. Uh, John Daddy Badvarsson for Iceland. Scorer of one goal for the Icelandics. In his period as a Millwall player, played for them more, or started for them more than he seemed to for us. Um, now, I, th I think he's injured at the moment. I think he didn't move on to Bolton, didn't he get injured, did I read? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, John Daddy Budvarsson, 17 caps for Iceland, one goal. Number five. So number four of international caps in a Millwall shirt. 
stress only in a Millwall shirt. Um, Mick McCarthy with 19 caps for the Republic of Ireland and one goal in his career. That'd be in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Mick McCarthy. I think he played in the 1990 Italia World Cup. Long ball over the top. Let's see how um, Channel 4 sophisticated I sound. I didn't say the Italian World Cup, I said Italia. Italia 90. I'm having um, Italian coffee at home. I actually had an almond biscuit before I came out to the game today because I decided to go a little bit um, higher brow for you. James Richardson style. -y. So yeah, Mick McCarthy in number four. All this information I've gleaned from the millhistory.org website. Fantastic repository of knowledge. Do check it out. Number three. Also another Irish um, stalwart, Eamon Dunphy, 22 caps for the Republic of Ireland. Uh, no goals I could find for, for Eamon Dunphy in his international career with us. This is now Tom Bradshaw, nice little angled ball, Danny Max chasing it, he'll struggle to get it there. Nice idea, Tom Bradshaw. Nice feed through there, nine minutes down the right channel. Number two, top capped Art Millwall player ever. 24 caps for the Republic of Ireland. David Ford, goalkeeper, of course. Um, played 24 times for his country. Clearly no goals, you wouldn't expect that. Um, number one, most caps, Millwall International, whilst wearing the Millwall shirt anyway, was uh, Shane Ferguson, 29 caps. I don't know if he's a current international with the Northern Irish. I don't think he is anymore. But Shane Ferguson played 29 times for Northern Ireland. He's our number one, most caps international player whilst with us. This is a throw-in for Huddersfield over on the far left side. It's coming on to 10 minutes. Ball's uh, gone for another throw-in over there. No, gone for a Millwall throw-in somehow. So anyway, we're going to release the uh, pressure there. So anyway, a few noteworthy ones. I've got a few by the ways here. Um, our most capped England player ever. Pre-war, pre-Second World War, J.R. Smith played twice for England. Scored two goals for the English. I think they were home international fixtures. Not quite in the top five. Uh, Jimmy Abdu played 16 times for the Comoros Islands until quite recently, I believe. He, was he not in the um, a World Cup qualifier? Was it African Cup of Nations? I can't remember. I remember seeing his name on TV and uh, doing the rounds on the Millwall, you know, the Millwall circuit. 16 caps for the Comoros Islands. Tony Cascarino played 15 times for Ireland. Uh, score of five goals. I think he'd probably be um, uh, not quite our most scored. Uh, most, most scored? What kind of word is that? High scoring international. 15 times for Ireland, five goals. The most um, biggest goal scoring tally that would be Tim Cahill for Australia. Five caps, but six goals for the Aussies in his Millwall career. Ball in. Uh, this is Tom Bradshaw gets his on the hoof. It's gone high off of his shin over the bar. Didn't quite get hold of that. 12 minutes. Good early pressure, Millwall. Yeah, all that info came from my own assessment of the Mill History website, so I make no claims of accuracy or, uh, you know, if someone else has got more here and there, then uh, write off to Apple Podcasts and ask for your money back from this podcast. I'd better still write off to your, your tribute, Limited, and get no response at all. It's a bit of an in-joke for anyone who's ordered a, the memorial stone there, listeners. Apologies if, you, if it's too obscure a joke, but uh, those that get it will be rolling their rolling up, laughing their guts out. 
the satirical nature of the humour that's now appearing on this show. Incidentally, big big thank you to Bill Slack for that satirical intro to today's match. Um, I think he's captured something there, Bill. Not sure what he's captured, but um, if you are interested in hiring Bill as a stand-up comic for your bar uh, mitzvah birthday party, kids birthday party, particularly good at, um, do get in touch. I am acting as his impromptu agent at the moment. Give us a shout. Yeah, so I was forced out at uh, Canada Water to get the Jubilee line by back and forthing uh, like a madman and uh, walked across from now. The, uh, the old Surrey Key shopping centre listeners is like one huge building site. At the moment. God knows what they're doing now. I imagine packs and packs of bog standard flats are going to go up there. Everything that I knew that was familiar about the old shopping centre seems to be being dug up and turned into um, a building site. It's quite a strange experience walking across the car park there. I think they call it transforming the area or something like that. It's an aberration, whatever they're going to do with it, I imagine. And we're all just um, struggling to prise open this, this uh, not terribly good, but certainly uh, packed Huddersfield defence at the moment. There's a little run forwards there. That was Cresswell trying to find Honeyman. We do retain possession. Is Savile. Is Fleming. It's going to be an afternoon of guile and skill, I think. To once, it, once it does fall open, it will collapse, I think. But the longer it goes on, obviously, the better they're going to feel about themselves. 17 minutes in, it's going to be a Millwall long throw on the right side this time. Ryan Leonard to take. And it comes uh, near, near kind of post um, long throw. Ryan Leonard is back and forwards to Jules Saville. He's found... Cresswell trying to take and turn. He does take and turn inside the box. Back to uh, Bradshaw. Volley from Vogelsammer. Ball is still live. It's another punt from distance. Jules Savile putting it wide left. 17 minutes. Yeah, apparently that 2-1 victory against um, Swansea was only the second time this season we've recorded back-to-back -back successes. Coming towards uh, 21 minutes, a bit of a break in play at the moment, but uh, 21 minutes when we restart, which we're about to. It's been primarily Millwall, to be honest with you, listeners, so far. We would expect to have taken at least one of the chances we've had. Uh, but the longer it goes at nil-nil, the more frustrating this game will become. So uh, it'll be nice to see a goal soon. 20, 21 and a half minutes. Den looks reasonably full. There's a few seats knocking around over here in block one. You can see them around the edges of the, the main stands, but not many. I'm expecting this to be, what, 13, 14,000? I can't see how many Huddersfield have made a trip down. I wouldn't have thought terribly large amounts, given their league status. This is Vogel. Midfield. Little one-two. This is Vogel. Sam on the edge of the penalty area. Shot just inches wide from the D. Wide left. Daisy Cutter, just a few inches wider than the left post. Best chance of the half, really. 30 minutes now on the clock. Break forward now. This is Cresswell, making a little run forward. We've seen that a few times in this half. Savile now spreads it wide to Murray Wallace. Coming towards the 32nd minute. Cresswell's on the inside now. Will he have a go? He will. Over the bar. Nice attempt. Nice attempt. Playing with a bit of confidence now, Charlie Cresswell, that uh, 
naming in the England squad, clearly, clearly giving him the confidence to take on runs and uh, try and create a little bit coming forwards. 32 minutes now. Well, so far, Huddersfield will feel that they are doing everything they want, really, which is to cling on to grim death for a point and maybe try and um, get in the dreamland of nicking a goal at some point. We're struggling to break them down a little bit so far, this is. You do get a sense we just need the one, the one break to get ahead. That will take a lot of pressure off around the den. You know, the crowd, I think, also going to get frustrated the longer it remains at nil-nil. Nice little bit of skill there by Charlie Cresswell, a real fan favourite. Don't fall in love with your lone players, listeners. They tend to go back. This is now Murray Wallace on the left side. He's broken inside. That's a great tackle there by Murray. Now Zian on the left side of the penalty area. It's dispossessed, unfortunately. 38 minutes. Matthew Pearson, Huddersfield, yellow card. I'll get the, um, the app, the Millwall app. I don't know if you're on that, listeners. They put little notifications on your, on your phone now, so you get your team news bumped straight through to your, to your, uh, your, your iPhone. I, I never knew they did this, and uh, it was only reading, um, I think it was Phil, Phil Clark, put it on Twitter the other day that you could get this. And all you need to do is go into your, your app settings for this particular Millwall app and just say yes to notifications. It's wonderful. It's like being in 2023 suddenly. Anyway, I think we're good to go again. 41 minutes. This is now Danny Mack, another floating cross in. There's, there's uh, Fleming, lovely overhead kick. It falls into the path of Murray Wallace. He can't quite get his boot behind it. A little moment of a chance inside the six-yard box there, but it fell to probably the one man you didn't want it to fall to. There was an overhead kick in there as well from Tom Bradshaw. Another opportunity for Millwall. It's not been taken. I think it's going to go down into the account book. There's a you know, solid challenge on George Honeyman over there. The crowd and uproar on the far side. Don't like that one. Referee's not given anything for it. We can do without more injuries. I think we're just about approaching a point where Callum Styles apart. We're getting a fully healthy squad nearly coming out of the international break. But that looked like a very, very solid challenge there. Oh, the break there with the 10 almost broke through there. Jake forced off the ball at the last. It does run through to Jules Long, thankfully. I think there was a penalty shout in there as well. But anyway, none of that being given. This is now Millwall on the attack. Vogie on the left side. With two minutes into the four of added time. Will he have a go? He will from distance. It's on target and low. Back to the way by the goalkeeper quite nicely. It's now Jules Savile on the left side to Murray Wallace. I imagine another little crossing. He finds Vogel Samo. He almost tries to flick it into the near post. It does hit a pink leg, unfortunately. They'll keep in possession well late in the half now. One minute of added time to go. This is now Murray Wallace on the left side. A little bit of late, late pressure. He does nicely to jink past his man there, but can't quite find the pass. Ryan Leonard. Halfway. This is going to be Zian from distance. On target, the goalkeeper gets down nicely enough to take it. No, not really enough power on there to trouble him. It's also fairly central, that shot. Into the last minute of added time. Oh, my giddy arm. There's a moment there where Cresswell's trying to combine with Long, and both of them seem to be leaving the ball for an awful, long, awfully long second there, listeners. Anyway, it does get brought away. We're coming down to the last few seconds of the first half. There's a little bit of um, psychic vampirism going on out there, I think, at the moment. Anyone that listens to my midweek show will know what that means. There is nil. It's not really a booing performance. It's been a frustrating game so far. 
Um, Lions have dominated, but we haven't uh, we've created chances, we just haven't taken any. Perhaps the story of the, of the season so far. So at the break, it's Millwall nil, Huddersfield Town nil. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Achtung, Mehlball. Teams coming out for the second half, dear listeners. Selection of uh, posts from the, the Twitter at halftime. Andy Rovery says, SA, Ramon SA will run rings around this lot. Calls for pace. Generally, Dan Walls calling for Burke on for the German, for Vogelsammer. Needs some pace, he says. Uh, Chris Chaps, shout out to Chris. Their right back has been booked. Get some pace on Millwall. And so it goes on. Um, I think general consensus is that we're looking a little bit leggy, a little bit tired, but we need to find one goal and maybe after that the floodgates will open. All we don't want to do is concede, like we nearly did at the end of the first half. Uh, message from Doug in Stockholm watching it. Uh, apparently that was a decent shout for a penalty against Danny Mack there. So we've got to stay focused, keep calm, keep our, keep our composure, dear listeners. Just waiting for the pink fuchsia-clad Huddersfield to kick us off in the second half. They're going to be attacking their way in. Mill, of course, going towards the cold blow lane end as per old beady boy. Referee taking an eternity to get the game started. He seems to be staring at his watch. Away we go. It's these lapses in concentration. I mean, maybe the squad is tired. A lot of football been played of late. Not much of a break. Midweek football. Grind of games, you know. Um... Maybe it just plays on your concentration a little bit. We've got to stay switched on here. It's nice to see Charlie Cresswell coming forwards more. Little ball inside to find Zian Fleming. Halfway across the uh, the Huddersfield half at the moment, listeners. We're on 40, come towards 47 minutes. One of these little runs forward. Maybe we've been given instructions to try and press forward somewhat. Get those central defenders into the mix. Where they're least expected, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be a long throw from the left side. I'm trying to second-guess the mind of Gary Rowett. In it comes. It's towards bouncing around the melee and hooked uh, clear by a fuchsia boot. I would expect there to be some changes made early on because uh, more of the same as we saw in the first half. We, we just looked a little bit unimaginative at times. I'm, I've got to agree with the consensus online. There's some pace. Confidence maybe of SA. I don't know. What more? Nice take and turn. This is this is uh, Fleming. Falls into Bradshaw. He's trying to find Honeyman. That's that's hooked clear. This is Honeyman gets clipped in the middle. That's going to be a free kick. Cynical foul there. 
Can be a long range shot opportunity here. Will be a long one as well. It's about 40 yards out, 35 yards out, that kind of zone. Zian standing over the ball. Three man wall in front of him. It's shot that's gone into orbit, listeners. It's hit the husky sign across the Coldblow lane in. Poor ball. Poor shot. It was a nice half time um, parade of a flag that's from the family of uh, Private Leo Callahan. Uh, well known Millwall family. Uh, they did like a, a parade around the side of the pitch. I think I saw online that there was um, a flag that's been uh, produced uh, commemorating him, and he obviously lost his life fighting in Afghanistan. So uh, well done to them. I think Lee Evans online, I think, was uh, all helped organise the collection to, to produce the flag. So well done, Lee. This is uh, Jake Cooper. Ticking towards the 53rd minute. The Cresswell now, we're going backwards at the moment. Compared with Franz Beckenbauer by Matt Richards on our WhatsApp group at halftime. Some of the runs, there's long ball forwards. That's inside from Vogie trying to find Tom Bradshaw. was just in front of him on force. He's gone through to the goalkeeper. 53 minutes. I watched um, a biopic of Franz Beckenbauer's life story. Um, I think it was a very, very sanitised version. It was, it was in German, and um, so subtitled. Um, on Netflix, I think it was at Netflix, it might have been Amazon Prime, I can't remember, but anyway, it's, a, it's the story of um, Franz Beckenbauer's life. Um, let's just say it does, I think it might have been written by him. I think it glosses over all the bad stuff and um, ups the, uh, the, the good stuff. Even then he comes over as a bit of an arrogant, self-centred person. So I'm not sure I recommend it as a, as a viewing, it was interesting to watch it. I'm not sure we learned an awful lot from it. I think it was called Der Kaiser, uh, unimaginatively. Called Der Kaiser, I think. We have to check that. But don't bother, don't bother, it ain't worth watching. I don't know what I'm going on about it. 55 minutes, listeners, the then sign to rally, rally this Millwall side. One goal will do us. Shackleton warm me up, what more warm me up? Burke warm me up. Duncan Watmore. Jules Saville on the right side. That was inside to Danny Mack. He fell over. Zian Fleming would have a go. He will. It's a rising shot again. He's been disappointing with his shooting this afternoon. Got to be said, over the bar. Nearly 64 minutes, listeners. Great work there by Ryan Leonard closing down the middle, winning the ball back. 66 minutes, just uh, halfway inside the, the Huddersfield half. He's trying to find Tom Bradshaw. Breaks. This is Murray Wallace. He gets clipped on the edge of the penalty area. Surely no referee gives nothing now. I don't think that was a penalty. I think it would have been a free kick. Should have been a free kick. Anyway, here we go again. This is this is Watmore now, midfield, just running into a, a wall of pink shirts, listeners. This is uh, Huddersfield now on the right side. We don't want to concede. Ball across the box, Danny Mack, body swerves. Nerves are still down. We do concede possession, unfortunately. This is Huddersfield now into the near post. There, 1-0 Huddersfield, near post ball. 25, sloppy goal, 67 minutes. That was the chance they were looking for. 
I think Danny probably um, was over-ambitious there. He's under pressure, lost possession on the left side, ball into the near post, clipped and um, between Long and, and Cooper, it's gone into the net. 1-0 to Huddersfield. They've all been bogged down the whole game, really. We've not really sparked. Um, as some have said, it's not really our kind of game where we're trying to um, press forwards rather than soaking up the pressure, but still very frustrating. This is, a, this is a poor team. We should be ahead here. 70 minutes on the stadium clock. Looks like it's going to be Roman Essay to come in. Listeners, he's, he's uh, ready to go over in the, the substitution area. Chance for uh, Burke to break now, going down the right side. Cuts inside as a shot across the face of the goal in front of uh, Bradshaw. I don't know if that was a shot or a cross in, in truth. Should have done better there. 75 minutes nearly. Roman Essay is going to come in now. Jules Saville to come out. Huddersfield doing a very good, uh, very good job of frustrating us this afternoon. Listeners, 79 half minutes. Now we start to get injuries and cramps and God knows what. Jake Cooper, essay on the left side now, about halfway inside the uh, Huddersfield half. Ball in from the left side. That's into a defender, unfortunately, and hooked away. This is now Jake Cooper. This is now Ryan Leonard. Oh, shot wide by, by Ryan Leonard. Took a deflection there, listeners. That's gone for a left-sided corner. Thought that was swerving in at one point. It's going to be SA to take the ball, to take the corner. And good applause over there from the Millwall fans. Ticking towards 81 minutes now. It's a deep one. Bouncing around the melee. There's a player gone flying. Nothing doing from the referees. Given nothing this afternoon. It's Someone just posted on Twitter, if you're, are you even Millwall if you didn't see this defeat coming? There's still seven minutes and added to go, so it's not quite there yet, but I do know what that person means. An unnamed poster, whoever that poster is. Cresswell into SA with space. Shackleton pulls it back, it's floated across, it falls to Zion, couldn't quite get any control on the ball. We do keep possession, it's been pretty much relentless pressure these last few minutes from Millwall. SA's taking his man on. Jinx past him, shot across the ball, across the face of the goal. Beautiful cross, beautiful jinking run. No one there to touch it in, listeners. 88 minutes. Performance of the day, I suppose. I'm going to give it to Charlie Cresswell. He's looked a lot more confident on the ball. He's made one or two runs forward. Um, it's quite hard in a, a, a poor performance overall, really, because that's what it's been. If you don't take um, a team in this, their position, it's clearly a poor side. If you don't make them pay for their, their you know, their, their, their inabilities or their, their, their shortcomings, if we don't make them pay, which we haven't, then we don't deserve to get anything from the game. And that's really turns it into a poor performance by Millwall, in my opinion. No want of effort, but just um, poor focus. It's gone for a throw in on the left. This will be last 30 seconds now. This will be last chance saloon time. It's Malone now on the left. What can he do? Takes and turns, it's into the middle. Across the face of the goal. What more? On the right side of the Mill penalty area, of the uh, Huddersfield penalty area. Lofted in by Zian Fleming, it's bouncing around. This is uh, Malone now, it's been pressure, 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 but no end result. And there's the final whistle, as you'll have gathered. Uh, Mill nil, Huddersfield one. Um, 
old Led Zeppelin song. No one, no one's fault but ours. Nobody's fault but mine. Um, poor performance. Um, I think I've probably said it all already during the course of the proceedings. Uh, Mill nil, Huddersfield one. We do stay in the playoff zone, but depending on other results, that was a poor, poor performance and poor result. I could see that coming from a long way off. Yeah, that was that was disappointing, wasn't it? Very. I thought we looked tired. Yeah, tired. I mean, George just mentioned that tired, but why don't you change it from the start? Or mix things up. Try and do something different. Some pace. We did look a bit more dangerous, but I mean, I think we could have played for a month of Sundays there and not done anything. Oh, Uncle, Uncle Nick, that was bland AF. Toothless. That was like quality of your meat dishes before you met Mrs. Hart. Bland, 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 bland. Disappointed. Get a few words for the listeners from Ryan Loftus. Well, I don't understand what Ollie Burke or, I mean Ollie Burke needs to do a lot more things, but why Ollie Burke or Whatmore can't get a start? No, you're a big Vogel Sam a fan though, Ryan. You know, Christ, <laughs> Christ. I, I mean, that, that's, that's what it comes down to, that chance in the first half. That he that should in, all, I mean, day long, all day long yeah. should have scored it. I've always said it for long enough. He's not good enough. He's rubbish. I don't understand how he starts week in, week out. Because there's he's, no one else. You've got Watmore, you've got Essay, and you've got Burt. You've got three options who could easily, easily play instead of him. He is rubbish. He's not good enough. We don't break teams down. I mean, what you could say. We don't have the quality. We don't have the quality. We don't have the quality. Do that. Have the quality do I mean, that. Fleming's not been looking great last week. He looks knackered. Yeah. He looks Two weeks, he looks off, like two weeks off will be good for Fleming. Yeah, but yeah. do you know what? Tom Bradshaw's been called up well, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, yeah. yeah. Oh, break this Tom. is worrying, man. It is. Um, what worries me is, is that it's the classic middle figure that we don't do well against teams we're expected to beat, right? No, no. A lot of the teams now running are down the bottom end of the table, look like games that should be winnable. If we play like that against Huddersfield, that's concerning. We need to figure out a way to break down teams Huddersfield like are rubbish. They are all They were very rubbish. poor. They were terrible. And they were, they were looking for what they got, which is one chance, uh, one error, one lapse it. of concentration, and they scored it, and that's, so that's what they got. Genuinely, they, they are... It's just but we, we, we were a team built to soak pressure up yeah. and, and then hit them on the break. They were, we weren't going to get that today, were we? What was, the, what was disappointing about it like, is the way the manner of the way the goal was scored as well. There were two men down there. Jackson manages to get a ball into near the There was lapses. There was a few lapses. Just fucking around with it, wasn't it? Yeah. Like McNamara, fair enough. We're trying to play out a bit more, and we're on top. Rather than just getting rid, he tries to play a pass up the line, and the and the under pressure immediately. Few lapses and concentration. I think it's just tiredness. I think yeah. the break has come at a good time. Yeah, definitely. Gentlemen, it's always good to speak to broadcasting legends like yourselves. Cheers, Uncle. <laughs> Nick, uh, John Rankin here. After that very depressing 0-1 defeat by Huddersfield, that's a tough one to take. Um, but I have to say, Neil Warnock setting them up very negatively, and they got the job done. Talk a little bit about Huddersfield, right? I was sitting in cold blow Leyland as usual. At one point, I counted six across the back and four across the CDM position. So it was just a sea of bodies. It was almost impossible for us to create chances with what we got, I'm afraid. And I do think if you've got to point the finger, you do have to point it a little bit at Gary Rowett because he should have known that Warnock would set them up in a way to nullify Cooper and Cresswell in attack, and that's what they did. They had two big central defenders, and our set piece was basically non-existent. You know, 
we score most of our goals from set pieces and our set piece head down and, and getting it in the box was just non-existent. We relied too heavily on Tom Bradshaw. He didn't have the greatest of games. Um, and it shows. Vian Fleming didn't have a great day. Um, now's the time he really has to show himself. You know, come off the hour, come off the man. And he was a little bit wasteful, I thought, with his uh, shot taking and his free kicks. Ryan Leonard played well for us. Um, I thought Charlie Cressel and Jake Cooper were good, bringing the ball out. But my main observation is that I think the wrong team started there. Duncan Watmore looked very, very good when he came on. And what he, what he was doing was tracking back, picking the ball up deep, and then running at players. Roman Essie nearly set a goal up for Tom Bradshaw in the cold blow lane end in about the 85th minute. And I've got to say, on another day, Bradshaw would have made that. He looks very much off the pace. So, at the moment, I would say our race is run on that performance. And, you know, I think the players and the manager have got to make a decision now. Are they going to let that sort of shit happen again? Because that was an obvious, obvious tactical way to play against us. Nick a goal on the break. So I think the international break is welcome. I think Rout's got to look at the players he's got. He's got to have a bit more creativity up front. Um, and I think it's really time for the players and the manager, as I say, to make a decision and decide whether they're going to make the playoffs. We're hanging on to sixth place at the skin of our teeth. And, um, you know, it's a new mini-season after the international break. So, come on, you lines. Hi, Nick. It's Angelo here, mate. Um... Don't know really what to say, mate. Just gutted, gutted about today. Um, thinking about the game now, it was the amount of chances we had in the first half, and and that's what killed us. You know, we've got to put one or two of them away. Vogie's one has to, you know, has to get it on target. Um, Murray Wallace had a good chance. Fleming normally composed, would normally just bend that in the corner. He put it wide. Um, there was numerous chances there, and then poor clearance by Danny Mack for their goal, and uh, poor marketing in 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 the box. So the only saving grace is we're still in the playoffs. We're three points ahead of Norwich, but you know Warnock's not done anything special. We've just lift, literally gifted him the points by missing all them chances, and um, they've done a smash and grab. Um, I think it's time for, for Rowett to have the balls to, to start SA. You know, the, the the guy, every time I see him, he's got that little bit of something special, that little run with that cross where Bradshaw couldn't reach it. You know, he's he's fired it into the six, along the six-yard box. It's just quality. Um, what more look lively? Burke, just what a waste of a sub. He just didn't do anything, did he? Um... But what more and uh, SA really did impress. Um, SA has to come in for Vogue. Really, I really believe that, honestly. We, we, we need a bit more uh, oomph up, up top. And uh, Vogue's just not doing it for me. Just not doing it for me. 
and uh, I would like to give the young guy a chance and um, at first I thought yes let's just say, save him for next season but I'd bring him in now but anyway disappointing um, the saving graces were still in there so trying to keep positive but um, let's hope uh, we've got two tough games obviously we'll come back we've got West Brom and then Luton so um Let's uh, let's hope that we uh, they have a good break and uh, we come back these last eight games. We we'll give it give it our all. But uh, but yeah, I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Come on, you Lions! Walking out of the ground now, uh, tactically inept, woeful, run out of ideas, clueless. If you look up Millwall in the, in the thesaurus, there'll be a lot of negative words after that performance. Blimey, O'Reilly, that was bad. Do you know what the first half? I said 10, 15, 20 minutes in, I said, if we don't beat these 3, 4, 5 nil, then there's a real problem because they were bad. Huddersfield are a bad team. Um, normally, you can sort of see what teams are trying to do or that kind of thing, but the fact that, you know, for 15 minutes they barely touched the ball and didn't even do anything with it, and we've ended up losing that game overall is, is inexcusable. Uh, tactically, wrong. Players not knowing what to do, players not committing to the ball. I mean, there was a couple of times balls were played between um, sort of Creswell with the back line, Cooper and McNamara, and they were just stood still. They just didn't do anything. They didn't run for the ball. They went for the other person to get it. Um, you might as well not play Savile and Leonard if you're going to keep playing it wide and, you, and you, or you're going to keep launching it forward. You might as well not have a midfield. And um, the last seven to ten minutes just summed it up because all it was was just ball back to the goalkeeper, launch forward. Ball back to the goalkeeper, launch forward. Ball back to the goalkeeper, launch forward. Was it Einstein, a definition of insanity, is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result? Just bad, bad game today at Millwall. And this is the second game now after Swansea where I'm concerned that if a team doesn't attack us and we catch them on the counter, we don't know how to play against them. Swansea were a bad team. Don't get me wrong. They sat back. They moved the ball around a little bit. They sat back and we didn't know what to do against them. We had a clumsy goal scored um, and uh, a lucky goal by Virgil Sama who, who, you know, had the goalkeeping error that led to the goal. Today, Huddersfield sat back. We didn't know what to do. We didn't have to break them down. And when you're playing like that against teams who are in the bottom half of the table and all you've got in 180 minutes is two lucky goals, there's a serious concern. We can't rely on only turning up when we play the better teams. That's not how you, that's not how you do well in football. Because when you play against teams like Huddersfield and they do a double over you, it's, it's, just, it's just bad. It, it, I can't keep saying enough just how bad a game it was. We need to sharpen up because now that little um, that little cushion between us in sixth or fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth is now gone. Really, it's it's one win because if either of those two teams win and we don't win, or if or if we get a negative result compared to those, they've got a lot better goal difference than us and. We're at the business end of the season now. It'd be so disappointing to do this well for so long and throw it away the way we did today against Huddersfield. The break's coming at the right time. We need to pick ourselves up before West Brom away. Come on, your lines. Hello, Nick. Graham Payne here. Just my thoughts of yesterday's game. Um, started off first half. I thought we started off OK. I think if Vogie puts that sitter away from uh, six yards, I think we'd have got on and won the game comfortably. But he... He didn't take the chance, and we had a couple of other chances. Um, 
Bradshaw, I think, and some shots from long range. And Cresswell was doing well, bringing the ball out of defence. I like that. And uh, I thought when we went in at half time, I, I, I said, I thought it was just a case of, you know, we'll get a couple of goals in the second half, win the game. Second half, we huffed and puffed. And I, I don't think their goalkeeper really had to make a save in the second half. Um, and then obviously they get the goal. And I mean, he, he made some changes, but. It wasn't. There was no real clear-cut chances that we missed. I thought um, Watmore looked promising, and as did Essie. I thought Essie had come on and did quite well as well. But I think at the end of the day, if we're if we're honest, we haven't been playing that well the last few games, and we've we, you know we've got some wins, and I notably Reading and even Swansea in the week. So I don't know whether they're you know, tired and just need a break. But hopefully this two-week break will do them good. I think it's unfortunate, as I said in the pod in the week, that Bradshaw and even Savile are going to go away during this break. Um, it would have been good to see them rested before we go to West Brom. But as I say, hopefully we can get this break and um, come back fully refreshed. So I think the next two, West Brom away and then Luton at home, will have a big bearing on where we're going to end up. But, you know, not, let's not be too down. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's typical Millwall, as they say. You know, we lose at home to the bottom of the league side. But let's come back after the international break, refreshed and ready to go at West Brom. Come on, your lines. Hi, Nick. It's Matt Richards here. Um, yeah, just calling back, after, just driving back after that. Absolutely, absolutely gutting. Just can't believe it, really. Um, yeah, we just absolutely dominated them, um, you know, and we just sucker punch them scoring. You can you can kind of see it happening, can't you? You can't. You've been watching the game for so long. You kind of you can kind of guess what's going to happen. Absolutely dominated the whole game, um, and you know we, we leave them spare at the back, and they get one chance and they score, and that's it, and it's game over. It's just. Just absolutely gutted that, I mean, three points were so vital today. Um, that would have given us a bit of a cushion between, you know, be between us and Norwich, Watford, Coventry won today. Thank, thank God Watford and uh, Norwich drew. But um, I, I don't know. I don't think we played terrible. Um, I don't think Huddersfield were a great side. I mean, obviously they sat back and we had loads of shots, but our, our finishing was just poor. Um, we never really created any many clear-cut chances. A lot of shots we had was kind of outside the box or half chances. Comes back to the same problem, you know. We've been having well for a few seasons, never mind this season. But it's just that, yeah, just having that creative. We've got creative players now, and you can see players trying. You know, Fleming, um, Volgasammer, and Watmore when they come on, they're, try, they're trying passes and essay. It's just not coming off. We just haven't got the quality. You know, I think that's it. And we've got no different options up front either, apart from Bradshaw. Um, so, you know, I don't really want to dig out players because I, I didn't. See, I thought they were trying. I didn't see any lack of effort, lack of quality. You know, a few missed passes here or bad decisions there, and I think that's what cost us. I thought 
I think first half, I think we could have done a bit more. I thought we were sitting back a bit too much. And it's only really when Cresswell started running towards their box, they started to put them under pressure. You know, it panics them when you've got a central, central half coming towards you. It's going to panic them. Maybe we should have done a bit more of that in the first half. I think yeah, if we'd gone 1-0 up with Vogel Sammer missing that easy chance, then their heads would have dropped. But, you know, you get to nil-nil. Um, then, you know, 20 minutes into the second half, they start thinking they, they're going to do it. Um, and you've got, you know, Warnock, a Warnock team will not back down. I must say that the referee was absolutely fucking atrocious. I just, I mean, no, no, like, kind of major decisions, but every decision, virtually every decision was just, nothing was going for us. I mean, when, just before they scored, Wallace, when he, he was running through, and he, I'm sure he got fouled, or it looked like a foul to me, whether it was a free kick or it was just on the edge of the box. Two minutes later, they go and score. And it was just timeless times. Again, I almost get, get fed up about slagging off referees, but today he was just absolutely awful. And you can't blame referees, I know, because we still should should win, but it all makes a difference. Oh, God, anyway, I could just moan forever, so I won't do that. But um, we've got a regroup now. I mean, I suppose if you put, put you know played Devil's Advocate six points for the last three games, you probably would have taken that if we'd lost at Reading, but the fact that we've won those two and... Results went our way again today. You know, six points between us and, and the pack would have been amazing. Um, but that's that's just not the way it's happened. So anyway, international break now. We've got to, we've got we've got to stay positive as a club, players, fans. Um, but we've got massive games coming up against West Brom and Luton. Those games now do define our season. I think I know we keep saying it every match, but they really do. Um, Good results there, and I think we've still got a really good chance. So, um, look, let's be positive. It's, oh, you know, 45 minutes after the end of the game, so I'm trying to be positive, but it's difficult to be after that. But um, we'll be positive. So, come in your lines. Morning, Nick. Jim Hackett here. Uh, just commenting on yesterday's game. Obviously, not the result any of us were wanting or expecting, really, but I suppose being a Mill supporter for so long, it was always going to happen. and. You know, we just have to swallow these things. I think uh, you can't fault the players' lack of effort. I think there was some sometimes a lack of quality in, in the final third. But we had enough chances. I think we had enough opportunities to get something out of the game. Huddersfield didn't offer much, but what they did offer was uh, a good backbone and, and they worked hard and probably got their reward for doing to us what we've done to a lot of teams this season. And... As disappointing as it is, I think other results have not killed us, but they've they've um, kept us in a position that hopefully we'll manage to stay in for the rest of the season. I think teams like Huddersfield, Wigan, Hull um, and some of the others, Blackpool probably, when they sit back against us, we don't seem to have the guile, the the necessary quality that's going to undo them. I think the, the one time we had this season was when Styles played in the centre of the park and... And he added something slightly different to what we would normally put in there. Unfortunately, he wasn't available yesterday. So I think, uh, unfortunately, we didn't have that little bit of craft and somebody to un- undo the key or undo the, the, the lock to get us into positions. I didn't think anybody played badly yesterday, but I don't think anybody stood out either. Uh, Long kept us in the game a couple of times with uh, some good saves. And the amount of times we pushed forward, I think Cresswell and Cooper... Both 
went forward and forward and forward. And I think they got so far forward, they really sort of run out of ideas of what to do. So I, I, I'm struggling to be critical of anybody yesterday. I think it was just one of those games that we could have still been playing now and probably not got the ball in the net. SA looked nice and bright when he came on and, and possibly if he'd have come on earlier, half-time, we might have got something more out of it. But I thought first half, we sort of missed the opportunity with Vogie early on. And after that, we were sort of pushing and pushing and pushing, but not quite getting the, the little bit of luck probably that we've had recently. And, you know, it's it's games like this that don't define the season, but it sort of brings everything back to reality. And it just shows that when we are playing against what considered to be the lesser sides, I think we've got to just have something slightly different. We don't have the the strikers to bring on that's going to make any difference. So I think we've got to go with the, the squad we've got. I thought out of yesterday's game, I thought Cresswell played very well. I thought Leonard did really well. And Honeyman in the first half was all over the place and probably looked the most likely to create something. But as always, we, we go into the break. This time, I think we go into the break a little bit, sort of nulled and, and disappointed. But we've got that little uh, cushion still. And when we get back, West Brom and Luton, two big games for us that that may possibly define the rest of our season. But we've still got eight games to play. And how great that we're still in this position where we, we're masters of our own destiny, I suppose. And, you know, if we can turn over some of, some of these poorer teams, then three or four wins and I think we'll be right in there. So... Not as bleak as it could be. Disappointing yesterday, obviously, but some of the games we've won recently, we got away with it yesterday. Huddersfield got away with it. So good luck to all the Millwall boys that are on international duty. And uh, we'll see where we go after the break. Come on, you Lions. Well, good morning. From the morning after the day slash night before, Harry Warren calling in um, after that 1-0 defeat to Neil Walnuts Huddersfield Town um, yeah that's slightly dampened the mood hasn't it um, I thought that we started the game quite brightly I thought in the first half we looked threatening without creating too much um, when Charlie Creswell and Jake Cooper are turning into ball playing centre backs running 30-40 yards with a ball unchallenged it's probably a sign that the team that you've uh, that Huddersfield had come for the point um, and looked terrible in the first half but we seem to slip to their level um, if I'm honest and one mistake because we didn't take our chances one mistake from us led to their goal um, I don't want to dig individual players out and I'm not going to sit here and dig Gary Rowett out but Perhaps, 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 with the benefit of hindsight, at half-time, maybe you make a tactical tweak, get Honeyman and Fleming together in the midfield, in the central areas, and, you know, maybe substitute Savile or Leonard at half-time and, and bring a little bit of invention in that way and, and bring width with Eze on to run at them, um, rather than Oliver Burke, who I'm no fan of, as you all know. Um... But, you know, we, we've lost 1-0. We've got to take stock. There's no need to panic. Um, we've got two massively hard games coming up in West Brom away and Luton at home. Um, I think we need to, you know, we've got to keep 
we've got to be realistic. I think our thing now is to basically beat Norwich's results and hang on to sixth. Um, I don't think we can look up anymore, if I'm being honest. I think that's gone because no one else is dropping points. Um, so, yeah, at, at the end of the day, it was a poor performance yesterday. Um, they happen, but they can't. we can't have too many of them. Um, but it is the most Millwall of Millwall results to get beaten by the team at the bottom of the table when you're chasing promotion. Um, but then again, we seem to rise to the occasions of the harder teams and fall to the levels of the teams that are easier to beat. But that's a very Millwall trait, as we all know. But um, onward to the international break. Um, I think we all deserve some time off, players included, but the supporters as well. Um the away support recently has grown and has been fantastic. Um, I thought we were flat yesterday because I think we expected us to just win, um, if I'm being honest, but it happens. But yeah, everyone take a break and I'll see you at the All Forms on the 1st of first of April. Come on, you lines. Achtung, Mehlball. A huge thank you to all of the chaps who've contributed to the show today. Um, if you want to be a contributor to the Achtung Millwall, and why wouldn't you, dear listeners, give me a shout on Twitter. You can direct message me on Achtung at Achtung Millwall. You can email me, achtungmillwall at gmail.com and um, we'll exchange um, mobile phone numbers and you can WhatsApp me your, your voicemails. Um, it's always good to get a wide range of views and opinions i think the consensus on yesterday's game is pretty uniform that um you know we, we should have done a lot better and it was a very disappointing afternoon i found the whole afternoon a funny old day listeners the from the moment i left my front door um it was a, one of those days where that was the song the weather don't suit my clothes everybody's talking to me the weather don't suit my clothes. Um, it was a shiftless afternoon. I struggled to get over to the den in time for kick-off. The tube was up the creek. The overground was shut. Um, South Bermondsey was shut. You name it. Everything was a problem. And in in a very similar vein, I thought the, the game, in a funny kind of way, in a karmic way, can I say that on this show, listeners? In a karmic way, reflected the toing and throwing the ups and downs of the transport for London's attempts to frustrate my trip across the river to get to, to South Bermondsey for the for the game. Um, so all in all, it was a very, very frustrating afternoon. Um, I think the consensus of all the voicemails, all the, I, I picked out a selection of um, tweets, but I became aware at a certain point that all we're all doing, saying the same things over and over. And that fundamentally is that we struggle to break down defensively minded teams we can't break them down for toffee dear listeners but we can play very well in big situations against decent sides where we sit back and soak pressure up and hit them on the break and that's um that's the way it is um that's how gary Rowett has, has set us up we remain in six spots I'll just have a quick look at the um, I look at the YouTube footage today. I think the goal has been said a few times. Shan't repeat uh, the, the same thing, but defensive lapses allowed Huddersfield to nick that goal yesterday. That's all I'm going to say on it. 
Um, but we do remain in sixth spot at the end of um, a day where other results didn't, didn't go badly for us. Norwich, um, seventh position on 57 points. Uh, Millwall remain in sixth spot on 60. Uh, they've got a better goal difference than us, so we do need to build on that cushion. Next up, of course, on April 1st, April Fool's Day. What a day to have this. We do have the trip to West Bromwich Albion. I've got my ticket. Got yours, listeners? Got mine. Um, and we've got the pantomime villain in Jed Wallace up there. Um, I'm hoping that will suit the way that our side set themselves up. So there are still reasons to be cheerful from the season. It's, it's left, yesterday's left everyone feeling a bit flat, I think. Uh, I think even Gary Rowett in his post-match comments was feeling a bit of this um, deflated sense. He said, when do we normally have 70% possession? It almost sounds like a... I'm picturing this voice in a kind of slightly alcoholically influenced, you know, 11 o'clock at night when you've been in the pub for the evening. When do we normally have 70% possession, says Gary Rowett speaking to 94.9 BBC London, which is probably Aaron yesterday. I think we've had nearly 20 shots and they've had four. Glug. Um, the disappoint me, disappointment to me is not the way the game went. Glug. It's when that type of game, uh, in that type of game, you can't make a poor mistake. Mistake, I think he probably would have said. And we left their player unmarked in the six-yard box. Glug. Um, to lose with just that one moment when we switch off, that's always a danger in those games. We have so much of the ball. Glug. We're going to have a little bit. Uh, we're going to be a little bit disappointed going into the international break, but I don't think that can overshadow where we are and what we've done so far. I think that's right. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm taking the piss, as is our one on the show. But to be in sixth position with um, eight games to go is a massive achievement. The the challenge from here is can we maintain that position? Um, honest answer to your listeners, um, there's no reason why we can't get a result at West Brom because we've done similar things over the course of this season. Um, I'm hoping the international break does recharge and replenish the reserves of the side. I, I do agree with one or two of the contributors that maybe it's a time for a gamble um, in terms of playing, say, perhaps SA, perhaps what more, starting players, even Burke, starting players with pace that are going to get at the opponents. Um, we'll see. Gary Rowett is not a gambling man. He's not the, the star of a Kenny Rogers country song, is he, listeners? He's a much more cautious man, but I'm sure there's a country song in the idea of the cautious man driven into a corner who then takes a gamble and plays the youngsters, plays some of the talent. SA looks like a talent, and um, maybe now's the time, as I think John John said in his message earlier on. So there we are, dear listeners. I'm um, going to be back next Friday. I think Neil and I are planning another history show for the international break. I hope you enjoy those, those shows. Do have a listen to the one we did yesterday. Otherwise, on a fairly flat, fairly depressing day, let's not be flat, let's not be depressed, dear listeners. Let's look upwards and onwards. Onto West Brom, the playoffs are still within grasp, but they're still within touching distance. We've got to go for it. Let's get behind the Lions and urge them on. A little bit more luck, and uh, it really, really starts to become real. So until the next edition of Achtung Mill, which will probably be after the West Brom game, April 1st. Um, until then, dear listeners, it's Arriva Dirci Millwall. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Achtung Millwall.